the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And now, back to Lifeline. We're back to time 611. Two lines open. If you want to give me a call, chime in on our topic, one 367 5329 I'd love to hear from new callers. If you've never called before, give me a call, one 367 Before we go to the phone lines, the Department of Homeland Security, which is supposed to protect us, under the Biden administration, thought that it would create a disinformation governance board. How laughable, how absurd, how ridiculous, how shameful. That's me talking. Months after the newly created entity was paused amid widespread concern that it would be weaponized against dissenting voices. Concerns, are you kidding? Have you heard our president in his absolute irrational response to the American people because we didn't buy the lie of the vaccines? We knew they weren't proven. We knew that they were not working. He lied explicitly and said, you take the shot, you won't get COVID. It's explicit. It's everywhere on on YouTube, on Facebook, on Twitter, anywhere you want to go. I have about 17 quotes from him and Fauci where they themselves committed disinformation over and over and over again. So how is the president and Fauci going to erect a disinformation governance board when they are the ones spouting disinformation? Someone tell me that. Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas Mayorkas has terminated the Disinformation Governance Board and rescinded its charter effective today, August 24, 2022. You see what a debacle this government is? Now, ladies and gentlemen, they would have never dropped that board. That board would still be up there. It is part of, uh, again, Orson Welles' uh, 1984. It is the Ministry of Truth. They would punish people who dissent from the mainstream narrative, if they could. The problem is too many of us are speaking out against it. And and you would see that if the major media outlets were faithful in showing how we have proven them wrong. But they won't let you see that data either. So the government is recognizing that. It's amazing. Ron Johnson, Senator Ron Johnson, I forget what state he's in, Kansas, Arkansas, somewhere, fighting like I don't know what to protect men and women from this unconstitutional oppression that has been foisted on us by Fauci. And he had hundreds of legitimate scientists to come out in what was called a second opinion, to debate it, to discuss it rationally, civilly, respectfully. None of the World Health Organization None of the CDC, none of the FDA, none of the politicians came. He did it twice. They didn't come. Now, when your accusers accuse you of something and put it on media and tout you as a disinformationist or a misinformationist and they won't come face you, that is cowardice. 
And that's what you got going on in your government right now. Cowardice. It's absolutely shameful. It's it's not a good thing, ladies and gentlemen. Please understand, there's nothing beneficial from having a government that does not know how to own its words and face debate. Let me go to line number three and talk with, uh, well, no, hold on, hold on, 615. We'll deal with Deborah uh, after we come back from the break. But there we are. We've, we've seen this disinformation board shut down, and probably because we're headed toward the election, and to have that disinformation board up really is only a kind of a glaring testimony of the insecurity of the Biden administration, because Twitter is doing a fine job. Facebook has shut me down in 72 nations. 72 nations. I don't get to actually say a word about uh, critical race theory. Don't get to say a word about COVID. Don't get to say a word about the policies in 72 nations. I don't know if I reached that many nations with our with our website, but they felt like I was saying things that shouldn't be said. And I'm in a uh, I'm in a category with some of your elite, notorious scientists and virologists and epidemiologists and and cardiologists don't have any business being there but there you go that's what you get when you just speak contrary of the ministry of truth which is not truth at all um so i'm i'm honored that they thought that the content of our our efforts and presentations were worthy enough for them to do what malcolm x said The media knows how to make the guilty innocent and the innocent guilty. So I'm guilty as charged of actually taking the information that our very own uh, administration and and FDA, CDC, has laid out in their own websites. You can just go there and look at it yourself and then tell people, hey, this is what they said. But this is also what Biden is saying. This is what the FDA said, but this is also what Fauci said. This is a sword against sword operation. It's called confusion and chaos. But you can you can do the work yourself and see that they've lied to the American people all along the way about this. And uh, at some point, hopefully, the Biden administration will come to an end. I don't know how it's going to happen, but um, we're going to see some fireworks here in <laughs> In November, something is going to be really weird happening in November and then crossing November for the next two years. You're not going to be dealing with some difficult economic times and continued stalemate in terms of the advancement of truth and open public discourse and dialogue, scientific data being able to be put on the table in a cordial debate fashion so that people can hear the whole matter uh, and then make informed decisions. I've got to take another break. Um, the number is one triple eight three six seven five three two nine. They gotta pay bills over there at KFAX. One triple eight three six seven five three two nine. And I promise I'll get you Brenda when we come back on the other side. We'll be right back. And now back to Lifeline. Yes, indeed, we are indeed back. Two lines open. One triple eight three six seven five three two nine. We've got about half an hour. Uh, for our uh, exercise in our constitutional rights, if you want to chime in on our conversation on the Monday edition of Lifeline. A beautiful evening settling in. The sun is 
descending. We probably have about an hour or so before we are amidst the darkness again. And uh, let me talk with my dear sister, Deborah, from Brentwood on line number three. Deborah, are you there? Yes, I am, Pastor. Can you hear me? I certainly can. How are you? I am fine. I just want to tell you, I came to your church on Sunday. I felt right at home. I love the diversity that your church is. My family is very diverse. Yes. I'm a military brat, so I, I felt right at home. I love your message. Um, I definitely have to talk to you about me being in the right place, being in place and being out of order. <laughs> Get back in line. So you heard. Um, you heard. <laughs> yes, sir. Um, you talked about our constitutional rights. And when we talk about the United States building the constitutional rights or even writing it, don't we have to keep in mind, and when we talk about Democrat versus Republican, aren't they one of the same? Because of the Jesuit priests, the Knights Templar, the Freemasons, and now I find out that the FBI, the CIA, our entertainers, and everybody are all in control of this society. If they treated Trump the way that they did and never went into Hunter Biden's raiding his situation, never going to... Remember when Gates had a gardener that was um, arrested for pornography on Gates' property in his house? The Ep Jeffrey Epstein, it's like, who's in control... And if they treated Trump like they treated the, the, the highest seat in the country, in our country anyway, um, like I heard the, the other caller say, what will they do to us? But as a Christian, and we follow the word of God, who do we vote for in terms of all of these people that are in cahoots with each other? Right. So you've I asked a ton of questions. Uh, Brenda, Deborah, you asked a ton of questions, and they're all worthy of conversation. Now, had you been listening to me over the last 10 years, and I think I've been on almost now 15 years or so, but I've been I've, I've addressed all those issues. You're, you're getting into Illuminati stuff. You're getting into history in terms of the power brokers, both in Europe and America. There's certainly legitimacy to a lot of what you said, uh, people that are a little bit more responsible around um, the um, the secret uh, secret service around the deep state, around the security state, because that's what you're dealing with. These are all uh, innocuous, innocuous terms that are used. The security state is the power that keeps our governments operating the way they do on the front end, while on the back end, they are moving us in a particular direction. It's very clear that uh, everything is moving towards what is called singularity in uh, in artificial intelligence talk. It's called communism in political talk or totalitarianism. Theologically, it's called humanism. So let me frame it quickly for you, and you'll be able to hear it more as I preach and teach. And I'm on the radio every day at 12 noon doing this too. Been on the radio for a long time. Um, so biblically, God has laid out the warfare very clearly that we are dealing with um, the revelation of the one true and living God in the person of his son, Jesus Christ. Uh, and he has a people on this earth who are his, who serve him. And then there's a humanity under the uh, wicked, 
diabolical deception of satanic control. And the satanic system is always rooted in what is called humanism. If you understand humanism, it simply means man-centered ideology. So wherever the devil works, he always works through the principles of the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, and the pride of life. It doesn't matter what part of history we are dealing with. We could be dealing with the uh, Babylonian period prior to Abraham. We could be dealing with the uh, with the uh, with the Greek culture and the uh, Roman Empire, first century, five centuries before. Everything operates out of largely two systems: a God-centered system and a man-centered system. So yes, <clears throat> the players in these systems have been around for a long time. The money uh, is controlled by very serious, long, long-standing institutions, some of which you have already named. You got to an area in which there probably needs to be more discourse around the notion of politics. So whenever we enter into politics, the era of politics, I always tell everybody, particularly Christians, that you are dealing with what is called a dialectical process. This is Hegel's system of dialectics. Your left-right narrative is your plantation. Your left-right narrative is your plantation. The Democrats, the Republicans. The conservatives, the progressives. That's a left-right narrative, Deborah. It's called the plantation. It's the plantation upon which all the people are on, and they only really have two candidates to choose. Either the Republicans or the Democrats. Now, there are all kind of other smaller parties out there that have been running constitutionalists, independents, et cetera, et cetera. But the big game is control. The big game, like big time wrestling and, and different controlled uh, sporting events, it's control. We know that. We know that the left and the right are controlled and funded by the same money, way above the uh, the awareness of the common people on the ground. We, we That's been going on forever. But there is an ideological difference, Deborah, between the, uh, let's say, the conservatives and the, uh, and the progressive liberals. The ideological differences are as clear as night and day, for instance, with the exception of me having no confidence in most of the Republicans in Washington. And that's not because I'm black, because I have been uh, a voter for the Republicans many, many years ago, back when Bush, too, was in office. And I thought I'd give it a run. But um, the Republicans have proven themselves not to be anything but fundamental hypocrites. They will promise you uh, proper uh, representation under policies that are good and don't come through. When it comes to the Democrats, their fundamental premise and their uh, policies are so anti-biblical that when you tell me that you're a Christian, but you have a platform that agrees with homosexuality, same-sex marriage, transgenderism, bisexuality, and the litany, abortion, and the litany of things that really constitutes what we call doctrinally humanism, then I know you're not a biblical Christian. I know you're not a consistent biblical Christian. You will hear me talking like this, Deborah, every election period where we have to talk about politics. For me, I'm going to hold everybody's feet to the Bible. And if you can't use your Bible to defend your position, then you must be honest and tell men and women you are not thinking Christianly. Now, again, your question is absolutely uh, uh, commonplace 101. Who should we vote for? And I always say this. 
You don't have to vote. That's also part of the plantation because the pump cart on the train track of the left-right narrative of the Republicans and the Democrats, ultimately, historically, Deborah, is going in the same direction. Like even now, the Republicans are collapsing on homosexuality and same-sex marriage, even though they are fighting against transgenderism and, and, and all of that. They've already collapsed. They've already collapsed. And so they're opening up their tent to uh, same-sex marriage and homosexuality. And what that means is they're moving further and further away from the biblical model. That is Hegel's dialectical process. That is Marx's neo-conflict theory. And that is you get your enemy to move closer and closer to your position. Over time, you'll look and your enemy looks just like you. Well, that's where we're going in our country. And so I would say that... um, the thing that every person that's going to be voting will have to do is look at the candidates individually per capita and see where those candidates stand. Look at their history, determine whether or not they are people of integrity. Like you'll be hearing a few candidates on this radio program uh, in a few weeks because of, uh, you know, local elections. Um you know, candidates are candidates, meaning that uh, the vast majority of them will sound good on radio uh, and in public, and then we'll, you know, we'll often get uh, behind doors and capitulate to the powers that that be. So, I, you know, as far as I'm concerned, there are a lot of people who are bailing out of the political process and not voting. Uh, I get it because we are still going in a bad direction. When you have the kind of chaos going on in our country right now, and you don't hear good solid conservative men and women standing up and vocalizing their disdain for this kind of tyrannical fascist uh uh hate mongering and censorship that's taking place on the common people on the ground then we know that those are weak uh rhino republicans who should not be voted for and many things of that nature so the christian in america is privileged to vote you you have a right to and you have a right not to just try to be informed as much as you can. So with the matters, I know I got to take a break. Uh, so try to be informed with the matters as much as you can. And then, you know, talk it through with good people and then and then make your decisions. We will be talking more about this in the weeks and months to come. Got to take a hard break. We'll be right back. And now back to Lifeline. Yes, we are, and the time is 6.37. We've got a little ways to go. If you want to try to squeeze in the call, you certainly may do that. one 5329 Deborah raised some very good questions, and they were centered around, again, one of our rights and freedoms as Americans. Um, it, it becomes quite depressing uh, in the sense that uh, you, you acquire so much information about the hypocrisy and the duplicity and the um, the uh, chicanery of our governmental system. There's no doubt about it. Uh, when you have the wholesale silence of the right, Republican right, just absolutely silent on this COVID debacle, and, and we've shared with you so much information. That's why they shut me down to 72, 72 nations. 
because the information and data and the alternative uh, uh, sources of information is so pristine, so well, so well done. This is why right now, if you if you if you look at it, Fauci's on the run. And uh, and all of the uh, uh, policies that Biden was trying to fulfill because he thought he was going to be able to hoodwink the American people has not worked because you do have a lot of good doctors, a lot of good scientists, a lot of good politicians who stood up. We want to give Rand Paul a round of applause for him going directly at Fauci. I mean, some of the things he has stated uh, on record will go down in history as absolutely fabulous opposition to the farce and lie of Fauci being a legitimate doctor. I, I remember hearing, you know, these irrational arguments uh, in justification of Fauci, and Fauci hasn't done medicine in decades. And it would be one of the arguments that people who are pro uh, COVID would say, you know, the people that are against Fauci and them, they haven't done medicine in years. And I'm like, are you kidding? Uh, Fauci is the one who has basically just served as a kind of spear head for new technology. And that's because he has patents on almost everything that's being promoted today. That is a conflict of interest. That's a conflict of interest. Moderna. That's a conflict of interest. It's, it's, a, it's a shame that we, we don't understand that and don't want to call it out for what it is. But thankfully, God and his sovereignty and his providence allowed, um, you know, much of the world. Well, we haven't actually seen the collateral damage come out yet. That's the part that's being suppressed. And, and, and I'm not I'm not rejoicing at all. Uh, at at the prospects of it showing up 10 years, 20 years from now, which is what happens. The, the information is suppressed, as you know, by the media for 10 years. And then 20 years later, the people who were the perpetrators of the crime, they're dead and gone. And then we just got to look back and see see how they harmed all the black folks at Tuskegee and all of the women in Africa. And all of our, 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 our unfortunate, poor, and mentally ill people, the medical industry has been a barbaric system forever. And somehow we think it's clean and pure as a wind-driven snow. Not even close, particularly the uh, pharmaceutical element of the industry. The psychiatric element, barbarous. And this is consistent with a biblical worldview. That's why I'm confident when I say it. Mankind by nature is a barbaric monster. He is not basically good. The heart is evil and desperately wicked above all things who can know it. And the criminal behavior of ungodly, unsaved men who don't fear God is unspeakable historically. And it's still working presently today. Uh, we believe in a God who holds men and women in check. That is, God is restraining evil right now, but he will from time to time loosen the reins of it, let the pit open up and, and judgment begins to fall on men, men and women who walk in the arrogance that they think they can get away with criminal behavior. This is what Christians do. They cry out to God to... to, to uh, to, to render justice, true justice, not antisocial justice, true justice against criminal behavior and pull back the curtains to show wickedness for what it 
for what it really is. And sometimes it, it, it costs. That's why Martin Luther King had to die. That's why <clears throat> Malcolm X died. That's why Robert Kennedy died. That's why JFK died. If you go back to JFK's speech for exposing the deep state the way he did, I remember hearing portions of it last week. I said, my goodness, they had to get rid of that man because he was able to articulate clearly the complex inside Washington, the military, government, complex, saying one thing and doing another. Everybody that's even reasonably objective and, and clear about information knows that what I'm saying is true. They know it. All the old schoolers know it. I remember one uh, brother who is an African-American and his family was into politics really close to the Clintons. And we were talking. And he said, man, Senator, uh, this, was, uh, this was Congressman Ron Brown. I think his name was Ron Brown. You guys will know what I'm talking about who are 30, 40, 50 years back. He said, man, we knew what happened to him because he's getting too close to the truth. And that plane crashed. And I, I sat there and I thought, because I was somewhat naive back then, that was many years ago. I thought, how do people of color who continually vote for the Democrats know that these kind of things happen whenever one even questions their own and think that any of the politicians, particularly the security state and the deep state, won't sacrifice you or your family member to stay in control. Um, it's just a remarkable cognitive dissonant um, manifestation when these things are taking place. You know, at a, after a while, it's real easy to just be quiet and and go away and whisper under your tongue and, and talk about these things in, in a safe place where you don't have to suffer suffer consequences. I, I get it. I totally get it. I really do. After a while, it gets, it gets wearisome. But that's not what God's people are called to do. And, and the church that, that is silent is complicit. That's why I was reading that article about Hitler. The church was silent when 15 million people were being killed. Doing the same thing today because they won't press into the data and information. It's all there. Like I said, Senator Ron Johnson, yeoman's job. He promises if he gets reelected too, he's going to go after Fauci now. Well, you're not getting that from anybody else. The people just want their peace. Even if it means at the expense of their freedom is not good. I actually think you need to be speaking while you have freedom because once that freedom is taken away, then it makes sense for us to all to be quiet. Self-preservation is the first law of nature. If you don't hear the trumpet blowing now, God will stop your ears. He'll let you, he'll let you go deaf and dumb. And, then, and the next thing you know, you'll just be in a country that doesn't look anything like freedom. Nothing like freedom. Nothing like freedom. You're walking around. You got digital uh, uh, microchips under your skin, as we told you for decades, that monitor your whole health orientation. 
and control your banking account. All that's still in the works. No, it's not, PJ. Yes, it is. It's still in the works. It's actually operating in different countries around the world. Now, all they're waiting for is another legitimate uh, opportunity to bring a crisis and take the money away from you so that we move to the digital credit system, which is the central banking uh, system program that's already in play. And once you don't have any control over your money, then they can tell you what to do for sure. And, uh, and people are sticking their head in the sand about that as well and not preparing for those difficult times. It's already happening in different countries. I've told you that. Liberal countries are glad to be able to stick their hand under a scanner and, and get approved or disapproved or what have you. Not even knowing about the toxicity of those chips under their skin. But it's true. It's not a, it's not a myth. It's happening right before our eyes. Got to take another break on this Monday edition of Lifeline. We'll be right back. And now back to Lifeline. And we are back. We are winding down our time on this Monday edition of Lifeline. A beautiful Monday evening, if I might say so myself. And I will encourage you to watch Uncle Tom, too. Uh, I'm looking at some of the uh, briefings on it now. Um, I think it's going to be a good presentation. I also would encourage you to continue deeply, deeply committing yourself to uh, faithful exposition of the scriptures in such a way that they map on to our culture. What do I mean by that? All scripture is profitable, not for just doctrine and correction and teaching and, 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 and development of us on a personal level, but scripture is profitable in, in its prophetic implications as to what's going on in our, our culture now. Um, that's the thing I take joy in. When I study scripture, both Old Testament and New, I see that there are patterns. These are framings of history that God sovereignly allows to occur in our world by which the names change, but the attitudes remain the same. The behaviors remain the same. The pathologies remain the same. And so these things that were written aforetime, they were written for us to learn from them because they also pertain to those of us upon whom the ends of the world have come. This is Romans 15, 4, as well as 1 Corinthians 10. So we never say that the Old Testament is antiquated and doesn't have relevance. It does. It's eternal truth framed in narratives and different prose. It also underscores and highlights how Christ is, again, governing things from his throne and glory even now. So as Deborah was with us on Sunday, I was talking about the sword of the Lord and Gideon. And how that God had uh, had conquered the Midianites through Gideon's obedience and the 300 men that were with him. By their blowing a trumpet, which is also a warning of the word of God, by their breaking the pitcher, which is a symbol of our human nature. We have this treasure in earth and vessels that the excellency of God's glory might be for him and not for us. And where we break under submission to God's will, the glory shines out. But it does indicate that it, in order for us to be lights showing forth the word of truth in this world, as Philippians 2 puts it, we got to be willing to humble ourselves. And the church cannot be in this thing for entertainment, for popularity, for, uh, for growth sake, for music, uh, for uh, for any other thing but being prophetically 
relevant and priestly mediatorial. And that is to say we are calling men to reconciliation. First with God. That's true social justice, by the way. True social justice is not trying to fix an ancient problem that no longer exists in our culture in the way it did 400 years ago or even 200 years ago. So a misrepresentation of the premise of critical race theory is a fallacy that you need to acknowledge. There's no way you can look at any statistics or data or facts about where we are sociologically in America now and even frame your lips to say there's essentially no difference between now and 100 years ago. That's absolutely insane and ahistorical for one. Secondly, I'm getting ready to start a series in the book of Philemon tomorrow, which is going to be doing an introduction. And it happens to be about a runaway slave who ran away from his master. And the Apostle Paul is mediating between the runaway slave and his master. And the book of Philemon rebukes everyone who's an advocate of critical race theory. Utterly rebukes it and exposes it for not being a gospel approach to dealing with the matters of, of, uh, of slavery, particularly, uh, and any other form of unjust rule over humanity. And so it's really important for, for Christians to hunker down and really get a proper understanding of what's taking place in our world and, uh, and then be ready to uh, fight a good warfare. That's what Paul called it in First. Timothy 6, fight the good fight of faith. That means your faith should be informed by a proper understanding of the word of God that's able to be relevant to what's going on in the culture today. That's why those of you who listen to me really enjoy and benefit from my preaching and teaching because I'm being relevant to where we are. I'm not taking you down some path of biblical exegesis that just gives you some kind of moral uh, and ethical set of principles by which you can live your life in a vacuum. No, the word of God has never, ever been irrelevant. It's always been prophetic. The prophets have always been hated by this world, never liked by the world or the church. You know you're doing something wrong according to God if all men like you. Jesus said, if all men love you, then you're not telling the truth at all. They didn't love him. They won't love you. And they can, they can, they can, they can uh, cast forth all kinds of accusations like, you know, don't like his tone, don't like his attitude, don't like this or that. We're all human. They did that with Paul. This is what we call the fallacy of ad hominems. What about what's being said? Yes, I see it. The truth, Jesus said, is the thing that sets us free. It's the truth. Not how you syrupy it up, not how you make it taste good or feel good. It's the truth. And we're not hearing truth in large measure today in our world. I can tell you that now, ladies and gentlemen, and we we should. We should be able to hear all of the arguments and then be able to decide for ourselves. You know you're hiding something when you only want one side of the argument to be made known. So I want to encourage you as we're closing out on this Monday edition of Lifeline to find a community where they're serious about the word of God, serious about these matters, walking in the humility of the gospel, 
but also in the confidence of the spirit of the living God, not in the fear of a capitulation uh, to the tyrants, but also not in the arrogance of self-righteousness, in the boldness of the grace of God, which is in Christ. As Jesus was bold, Paul was bold, Peter was bold, the prophets were bold. The people of God need to be bold too. Humble before God, bold before men, and loving. Not in the emotional sense, but in the agape sense. Committed to the well-being of all creatures. Until next time, the Lord bless you, the Lord keep you. The Lord cause his face to shine upon you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you. The Lord give you his peace. Opinions expressed in the preceding program do not necessarily represent the views of the ownership, staff, or management of KFAX. Copyright Salem Communications, all rights reserved. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.